This is a podcast from Rover. Greetings, New Zealand. How are we doing? Coming up for you in just a moment, we're going to be talking with Kitty Allen, East Coast MP. The fallout from a cyclone, Gabriel. We'll get the latest from her. Then we're going to be talking with Sue Wilson from the East Coast Farming Expo. Was, of course, due to take place this week, but alas, no longer the case. That's all to come here on Rex today between now and 12.30. But first up on the programme today, well, of course, many regions in the North Island face several critical challenges after cyclone Gabriel destroyed homes at Cup Power for thousands, threatened food and water supplies and cut entire communities off from the rest of the country. Well, East Coast MP Kitty Allen has been on the ground in her region and she joins us now to tell us a bit more about what she's seen and the efforts that are being made in terms of recovery. Kitty, lovely to have you on the show. Um, I imagine you're pretty exhausted uh, along with uh, many of the residents uh, in the affected areas. It's been a heck of a few days, right? She has been a heck of a few days, Dominic, but um, one thing that we all know in uh, rural communities is that uh, where there's a job to be done, it gets done, and so that's the way that the community is operating at the moment. Significant, significant amounts of work ahead of us. We've got orchards that have been absolutely decimated, uh, farms that have got you know, slips all the way throughout them, critical roading infrastructure that's completely shot. So the task ahead of us is monumental, uh, but it's one that we're taking in bite-sized chunks, I guess. Focus has been on life and limb and those immediate priorities like housing and making sure that people have food, and particularly in this period where we've been disconnected. Uh, And now, uh, day seven or whatever it is, we're starting to pivot into uh, the big task of um, remediation and clean-up that's before us. Yeah, and that'll be no small feat, no doubt. But um, listen, I've been hearing and reading about the most honestly incredible stories uh, that have come out over the last few days regarding what you could probably call, uh, with some accuracy, heroism. It's been absolutely extraordinary. Mate, in the worst of times, you see the best of people, and that's indeed what we've seen uh, over the course of these past few days. Absolute heroism. You know, I've spoken with um, helicopter rescuer guy the other day uh, who went in to save a woman who was up to her uh, chest in silt. He uh, then found himself in an immeasurable spot of bother getting into some pretty dire circumstances himself, uh, but managed to save this woman and the tears that ran down both of their faces uh, recounting the story. We're seeing that sort of stuff time and time and time again everywhere up and down this coast that's been impacted. Um, I just, you know, there's no way to express the gratitude that you have uh, for humanity in times like this, yeah. Uh, for every single person that's just done what they've needed to do to save lives, and indeed that's been done. Yeah, it's incredible. I was reading a story this morning about a uh, midwife, the only midwife uh, on the East Cape, and uh, when the cyclone hit, she was cut off from her clients, and then there was a distress call that came through, and so she packed her bag and honestly started walking, and um, she was uh, trying to get to a 23-week pregnant woman in uh, this remote valley somewhere on the East Cape and um, 
she was cut off because of slips and road washouts and so um, basically uh, the woman's got a toddler as well and so she had to, uh, to, to to go and make contact with her and then you've got uh, people that are I read a, a story of a guy who was cycling through like waist high water to get to his partner or something like that just just absolutely incredible stories yeah absolutely you know and that's exactly the type of environment that you think <laughs> some it's been described kind of akin to a a war zone of people going above and beyond. And, you know, uh, the amount of people I've spoken to uh, yesterday, we were up Wangaki checking all the brakes on the main water pipe. And this is right, you're deep in um, in the middle of forestry uh, here. Uh, people would walk 12Ks to go check on their neighbour or sprinted, you know, in, yeah. the, in the middle of the night and in the rain. Uh, it, to be able to make sure that you know that the the old codger living up on the hill that he's all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think um, one day I'd be. I'm sure we'll see documentaries come out uh, about the her- heroism of the people that we've seen throughout the last. A few days in the work that they've done, extraordinary. Yeah, and uh, as you alluded to at the start, now is the the time where the damage, I guess, is being assessed. And as you say, um, there are people. I think I might have read a story um, where you might have come across somebody you were speaking to that basically lost everything in Cyclone Bowler and has now gone through it again. Um, and so the rebuilding is just, you know, one of those things where um, you just have to admire. Well, I mean, not a lot of choice for people, is there? I mean, you've just got to get, uh, you know, you just got to get down and get, get stuck in and do it, right? That's absolutely right. Yeah, so one of those small farming towns that we have here is called Tikaraka. It's just outside of Gizzi, about sort of half an hour or so. A really small rural town, and uh, they lost everything in Bowler, uh, and those same people have now lost everything in Gabriel. Uh, what you're seeing there today, actually, we've got the half of Gisborne is out there mobilised, all the port guys, heavy uh, machinery has gone out to just clear the town uh, and fix her up uh, to try and get people on that start, that road to recovery means we've got a few challenges in terms of um, housing where we put people. A uh, ton of homes have been yellow-stickered, some have been red-stickered, etc. Uh, so now we need to get people into their emergency accommodation uh, as we work out the, the next solutions for how we house people uh, who have lost everything. And when we talk about the regions affected um, and we look at the fact that in many uh, cases, it is some of the best food producing country that we have in in New Zealand. Um, you know, this is going to have long lasting consequences right across the board, isn't it? Really, it's going to have huge impact, and uh, that's certainly something that we are um, working very closely with our primary production sector right now to understand the nature of the impact. Uh, we've got a meeting actually with all of our growers and producers who have been over the last couple of days undertaking that preliminary stock take. We are one of the food bowls of the country. You know, almost every packet of lettuce that you get in your supermarkets that's from this region, or a good chunk of it is anyway. Uh, so the, there's going to be some pretty major uh, flow-through consequences. 
now's the task just to try and quantify that. And from a central government perspective, working out what it is we need to do uh, to support those businesses through this period of time, but also to plug the gap if there are going to be any food supply issues, etc. Um, of course, uh, Kitty, you're also Regional Development Minister as well. So, um, you know, obviously, I mean, you know, when we look at the infrastructure impacts here as well, just, uh, again, um, extraordinary in terms of uh, impact. Huge impact. Uh, one of the things that's been really actually touted in Gisborne has been uh, the uh, provision through our uh, regional growth funds for the stock banks. We invested a tonne of cash into stock banks here, and they're saying that in absence of those stock banks, uh, we would have had far more damage come through this town. So, look, we're looking, uh, I've tasked officials over the last few days to look at a really broad range of options that can be provided to regions, uh, provinces uh, who have been really severely impacted. One of the first things that we've managed to do is stand up business hubs. So we've got all of, you know, um, your MBs, your IRDs, uh, your insurance uh stock brokers, uh, brokers rather, uh, in one environment just to be able to provide all access uh, that, that's required for businesses right now. Uh, and then during that process as well, we're getting a clearer understanding of the actual stock of damage that we need to deal with. So a, a bit of a phased response, but we're certainly not going anywhere. We're here uh, with our hands out, ready to help. Yeah, and that's the thing, just finally, and I do thank you for your time. It's uh, now a question of, uh, I guess it's really putting all the pieces of the puzzle together to get a better picture of exactly where things are at, right? That's probably the, the, the most immediate sort of thing on the table at the moment. Absolutely. Uh, what is the current state of play now that we've got a few more communications? The fact I can talk to you on the cell, on the cell phone right now <laughs> yeah. is a major improvement than what we've been able to do over the past week. Uh, so, yeah, information is gold right now. What is the actual state of affairs that we're dealing with? Uh, I, I presume there'll be a few more days of really urgently collating the needs. Uh, and then it's really stepping through, okay, what it, what's imminent, making sure we're getting the support there, uh, and then focusing on those next phases, uh, you know, what are the greater needs of business, what are the longer-term impacts, uh, and things that we're just going to have to address as we go through this process. Well, East Coast MP Kitty Allen, do appreciate your time on the program. Thanks so much. Cheers, Chief. Take care.